Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Black Summer. Today we'll be covering the sixth episode from Netflix TV series Black Summer titled Heist, the seventh episode titled The Tunnel, and the eighth and final episode titled The Stadium. This was like the last three episodes were so intense, I Uh, think. Um, Well, I had actually had to text you uh, today because... (laughs) When I started watching the heist, because again, I, I just got back from Vegas and I'm like, did I miss an episode or did I miss something? Mm-hmm. And because <clears throat> that in itself was like, that could have been a whole movie. Like there's like a, a prequel to that episode that we don't know anything about. Exactly. There was definitely some dialogue that happened that we missed out on. And I thought it was so hilarious when you texted me that because I thought the exact same thing when I started it. I was like, wait a minute. did Because you know how like sometimes it feels like Netflix kind of skips an episode or maybe, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it feels like it just jumps over to that you maybe inadvertently watched an episode and you skip to the next one because maybe you fell asleep. And I was like, wait, wait, what's going on? Did I miss an episode? I had to stop it and go back. And I thought, no. Um, so there was some confusion there. So I, I laughed really hard when you texted me today. But, and I, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to figure out if it's better or worse with, because like we watch mostly week to week. Like this one, we took three weeks to watch eight episodes. But mm-hmm. if you were binging it, I could see you catching it a lot sooner being like, wait, yeah. no, this is the right episode. Okay. But like with us, when we wait a week, it's like it's like you said, it's like, well, shit, did I miss episode six? Is this actually episode seven? Yeah. And it was such a quick episode. By the time I thought that, it was almost over. So I just kind of finished it and looked I'm like, no, that's that's the right episode. All right. Well, I liked I it. Love that. I love that idea. It was definitely different. And it definitely just at least kind of started out kind of weird. But I guess if you just kind of go with it, you know, um, it, it had definitely its high points. So with that being said, since we're already jumping into it, um, we'll go ahead and get started with our top five. I'll go ahead and get started this week. And my number five um, is kind of just what you were talking about with this episode. Um, I I titled this one Zombie Apocalypse Rave. Um, (laughs) Because that's kind of what was happening um, here. So I was a little bit confused when it started. I thought, did I, did it skip ahead? Did I accidentally hit the fast forward button? Did my dog, my dog likes to, you know, will hit my remote or something and skip ahead or something. So I thought, what am I missing? So I was a little bit confused. Like, how did we get here? And like, what was the plan? So, I mean, yes, I, I caught on that they were trying to get guns. I just like you was kind of, um, you know, confused as to how we got here and and what the purpose was because we didn't know that at first. I mean, they didn't get the guns immediately. There was, you know, just they're starting out outside of this, um, you know, warehouse. I mean, we see the the soldiers and such, and they're in this warehouse. And and what I really liked about it as well was how little dialogue that there was. And I really like that. If um, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone, but Walking Dead season three. Um, premiere episode episode one was very much you know those that cold open that they have it was all just they were communicating like just with their eyes they would make like little nods to each other and things like that or or move moving their um waving their hands or something to you know communicate and i really really loved i think it was really effective so that's kind of what we had here in this episode is you know how they were communicating non-verbally so i really like that i think it just adds to the intensity um but there were questions that, that, you know, did 
leave me confused. Like, why was Rose put in that drug harem room? I don't know if she was being put in there as like for that guy to be like, okay, I got you in here, but as payment, I'm going to have my way with the blonde chick or something. I don't know if that's what it was. Um, how the hell did Lance get there? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what confused me when I first saw him. I'm like, is that, is that Lance? Like it looked like Lance. And then he started screaming no. And I'm like, well, is this a rescue mission for Lance? Like, did we, did I, and again, I'm going back, yeah. like, did I miss something? Yes. Um, and even at the beginning too, when they all show up, but when he's got the two girls and he's like, Hey, you like what you see? And I'm like, Again, it's like I miss I'm missing something. And it's it's crazy I guess we don't really know the jump here. Like it still has to be within that six to eight week period. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk like, you know, kids go feral in six to eight weeks. It's like, how the heck can you build this underground rave drug, you know, brothel thing in six to eight weeks? Like that seems like you've got that planned, I think. They seemed pretty apocalypse. well or yeah, they seemed pretty well organized. I mean, they had all of their rooms out. I'm like, like what were they making meth? Yeah, look like in it. In the yeah. room, that's highly explosive. Is that really <laughs> a good idea to be making this meth? And I know because I feel like I'm like in the meth capital of the world here. Um, you're in an enclosed space. You have probably doors locked and such to keep the dead out. Mm-hmm. But an explosion from you know one bad pour of your Drano and well, even, you got you got more zombies. You see how quick it is for like this whole thing to fall apart from one zombie. Yeah. You know, all it takes is one stupid person overdosing, and guess what? You got a zombie running around. Exactly. Not just the making of the meth, but the people taking the meth. Yeah. They're all drugged, drugged out, and over, and someone overdoses, and yeah, that's all it takes one one zombie to bring the whole damn thing to pieces. That just seems highly risky, and it just seems so. It just seemed kind of odd to have like this whole dance club thing in the middle of it all, too. Yeah. Like there's this music, and they're all kind of just drugged out and just you know doing their thing, and it just seemed random. I just and maybe that's just maybe it's just everyone's up on drugs, and and that's just what they do, I guess. I don't know. It just seemed kind of random and, and strange. I didn't quite understand what this place was, who the people were. Um, and I know I talked about, in, uh, you know, when we talked, I think the last episode that I was kind of okay, not having a whole lot of backstory, um, just to, you know, every, everyone and not having their backstories and where they came from and who they are and who they were before everything uh, broke out. And I, and I'm okay with that, but I still felt like it would have been nice, maybe at least in the previous episode, had they mentioned, you know, I know this, they did mention, um, and that's where I'm kind of wondering. And that was kind of like one of my other questions was they mentioned, um, Let's see. I remember in episode one, remember we uh, we mentioned uh, Spears, which we find out is not really his name, of course, or we knew that wasn't his name, but we find out his real name. Remember when he said in episode one, whenever um, the soldiers had him in that house and he was trying to bargain with the real Spears um, and he said something about, he goes, I know where the loot is. Yeah. 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 I thought, okay, is that this place? Well, and I know, or, and then Manny Earl, and Carmen talked about it too. Yeah, when Earl and them were, he was talking with, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Phil? No, what was his name? Gosh dang it, William. William. When he was talking with William, you know, he told him about he knew a place to get guns. Right. So I'm assuming, and then with Carmen, you know, when she's in there, there's the whole not part of the plan tag where she kills this guy. 
Yeah. So the only thing I can think of is maybe that group somehow were working for them and trying to get like these goods or get people in almost like they were herding in, like you said, like, I don't know, for the brothel or for just people or drug addicts or what, but maybe they were kind of in on this world to begin with. And they're like, Oh, okay, well now that we're together, we know where we can get guns. And yeah. that maybe, and that's the only thing I could kind of piece together is somehow those three had this knowledge of this place. And then they decided to, to break into it. Cause Carmen and the, and, and uh, what was her boyfriend's name? Was it Manny? Manny. Uh, yeah. Those two were the ones that knew how, where to go to let him in the back way and knew this place. It seemed like they mm-hmm. seemed to know Manny when he's like, "Hey, you like what you see?" Um, so yeah, it's again, it was a lot of a lot of unanswered questions, but um, yeah. Well, that's what I kind of thought too. I was like, "Well, they seem to really know where they're going," like because they separated Manny and Carmen did into their own groups, and um, you know, they seemed to kind of know where they were going. They knew the doors to go to. They knew where this was happening. Carmen, I felt like had to have known that guy that she confronted in the the club part, you know, on the dance floor, because it seemed like killing him. I don't know. To me, if that if she meant to go in there and kill him or something, that to me seems stupid because we, like you said, we see how quickly just having one zombie in in a space like this, how quickly things go down and turn take a turn. Um, So I feel like she was acting out of like a revenge, like she knew this guy and was acting and making it personal, I guess, is is what I meant. And not that that wasn't part of the plan for her to actually do that. So I don't know. But yeah, maybe that's what it was, too. They they I feel like they must have known, worked there, hung out there or something. And that's the only way that it kind of made sense to me. But I wish I'd gotten just a little bit more into, you know, at least a little bit of a conversation you know, um, even if they didn't get a backstory, they could just say, I know this place where we can get some guns. We ran with this group. We worked for this group. Something. Yeah. Um, and like you talked like the last episode as it, they're doing the slow-mo walk out, like that could have been what you've heard. Like maybe it's a little bit mumbled or maybe it's like, you know, you just catch a little bit of it that kind of breaks into this. It's like, oh, okay, well that answers that. Right. Okay, but anyway, I rambled a lot on that one, but that was basically um, my number five. What so is your number five? My number five is, in these last three episodes, they're all really short, but was, there's a lot of randomness to it that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, in the heist, you had this whole confusing, you know, like, where are we doing here? What's going on? You know, each person has their own thing they're doing. Um, the randomness of Manny getting shot. You know, you, you kind of saw it coming, but I like mm-hmm. that, you know, it it seemed it seemed fairly realistic. It didn't seem like it was kind of, you know, just a plot point. Right. Um, and, and a lot of these randomness things, too, kind of felt like in this world where you're pretty much in like a two block, three block radius. Like it's not like Walking Dead where you're in the state of Georgia. You know, it's it's in a smaller area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could realistically like if if there's this big group of people who are kidnapping them, you know, if you try to break in there, it's relatively believable that your friend could have been kidnapped by him too. Mm-hmm. So seeing Lance there wasn't just like a, Oh, okay, here's plot point Lance. It was, well, yeah, I can kind of see that happening. Cause to them it was even random too. Cause yeah. when Spears sees him, he's like, is that who I think it is? Uh, we've get the tunnel hole, the episode where we have the, the dog whispering guy, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, he showed up randomly and I'm like, okay, well, he's just kind of quiet, walking around, walking around. They get out. He whistles, finds his dog. He just walks away. It's like, all right, our <laughs> journey like the, together's ended. It's like the funniest damn thing I've seen. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was scared because, it, you know, first off, I was worried that the dog would be a zombie dog. Oh, no, no zombie dogs. Uh, because I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Z Nation has zombie bears. I thought somebody's told me that. Oh, my gosh. I could be wrong. Wow. Which, copyright, language of bromance, episode mm, like two. That's right. I remember the script for that. <laughs> Um, and then in the last episode, it was, uh, again, just a lot more randomness, too, is, you know, as they're getting closer to the stadium, they just start converging together with other people. And then mm-hmm. just different things are happening. And it just it kind of just gave this, like, real world kind of thing where nothing felt like it was plotted out. It was just very random, very much like just things happening, you know, in a world of zombiness, I guess, but right. Um, I, I just kind of dug that a lot. I agree. I agree. There, Cause some of the episodes were kind of laid out very differently and the formats were different, but it was really interesting, you know, to see the randomness because you would think that if that what really was happening, that that's how people are probably going to act. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it kind of made sense. And I know a lot of people, you know, when I was reading about a lot of these episodes online, a lot of people were having issues, you know, with, with a lot of that, but I think there was some enjoyment to be had. I mean, you know, no one is saying that this is a cinematic masterpiece, you know, or, or anything like that there, you know, the show had its faults. Um, but there you know were definitely it, some good things to be had. What it felt like to me now that I'm sitting here thinking about it a little bit, it felt like a true, like reality TV uh, zombie apocalypse show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I felt like these people would, you know, each one of them kind of did, I think, things that people in the real world would do. Yeah. You know, there was no like Rick Grimes standing on something, giving a huge speech. There wasn't, you know, this weird guy who decided to go around and cut people with, uh, or I guess the governor didn't cut people with the, the katana until the end. But, you know, there wasn't a guy going around with a bat with Barbara being like, I'm the law here. Exactly. So yeah. it, felt, it just felt more real to me than some of the, these shows I, I've watched before. Kind of like the 28 Weeks Later and the Dawn of the Dead kind of thing. It just felt more grounded. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like what I wanted when Fear the Walking Dead was first I coming agree, around. Yeah. When they announced Fear the Walking Dead that this was going to go back and we're going to kind of see, because we know when the walk and again, spoiler alert, if you have never watched The Walking Dead yet, um, but you know, when we meet Rick Grimes, he wakes up from that coma and it's what, maybe 30 days or something, something like into that, yeah. the apocalypse. So we missed a lot. We missed the ground zero part. We missed what it was first like and that chaos. We got a few flashbacks, you know, Lori and um, Shane and, and a few of them, you know, after it happened and they're stuck on the highway. And, you know, we got little snippets here and there. But for the most part, we missed that. So when they announced Fear of the Walking Dead, that they were going to kind of go back and at the start um, of all of it, I got really excited. Um, and this is kind of what I expected. Um, maybe not as quickly, of course, because this all happened in a quick, short eight episodes. But it's really what I kind of expected to see. And I just didn't quite get that. They didn't quite satisfy me in that first season of, of Fear, yeah. you know, with that whole you know, just that urgency and how scary it was and how chaotic, you know, things are falling apart. It's like, there's still some slight structure. Cause you know, there's, you know, in, in black summer, there's still some, um, 
military kind of, you know, organizing some things and trying to get people moving to these safe zones and stuff. Um, and in fear, there's still some of that, like things are crumbling, but it's still kind of held together, but it just didn't hold that same juice. It just didn't have me as excited and it didn't seem as real to me. This is kind of what I expected, this chaos and people, you know, panicking and, Mm -hmm. you know, people being, you know, you they're trying to get you to trust them, but they're really a dirt bag and they're just want to steal your car or something. You know, I just didn't quite get that. And this kind of gave me that and it satisfied me in that way. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it much because that's kind of what I wanted from fear and didn't get it. So, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, fear, it was kind of like two episodes of here's the, the world falling apart. And then all of a sudden it's kind of gone. Right. You know, it didn't give you that sense of like, you know, just kind of the slow burn of, you know, day one zombie apocalypse, day two zombie. Like it's just a slow progression. And I think even here, like you could go back even further and get that like this, you know, this one season takes place in like a two, three day period, Mm -hmm. you know, six to eight weeks after the start of it, you know, you could could definitely go back even further. And I I really just like this format they have and hope that I think it's been renewed for a season two, or at least they haven't said they're not doing a season two, you know, all like this is kind of like the all new characters, Mm-hmm. You know, all new quick eight episodes, you know, go anywhere in the six to eight week period would be really, really cool. I agree. But yeah, that's my number five is just the randomness we got to see in this these three episodes. I like it. Well, my number four is kind of short and sweet, and it's almost more, I guess, a question that I'm going to pose to you, and that's about James Julius. Um, so I'm curious, you know, when we get the tunnel episode and the soldiers are leading who we now know as James, um, away. And Rose is following the soldiers, asking them questions there. And she's asking questions of him. I'm curious if you were in her position, what would you do? Would you be trustworthy of the soldiers or would you be trusting of James Julius? Cause I thought it was kind of an interesting way that it all played out. Yeah, that's, I think in that moment, her doing that, she, she knew she could trust, Spears, the guy she mm-hmm. knew, even though that's not his name. Right. They've been through a lot. He saved her multiple times. Uh, I don't know if she would have known that he saved Rose or not. Or son, I'm sorry. I don't know if if, uh, if she knew that she, he saved son. Because that, that was kind of the, the point where I was sold on Spears. Mm-hmm. Was when he saved son. Like, that wasn't a moment where he could have been like, all right, fuck you guys. Sorry. Guns. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. But he saved her. And... At the moment where Rose decides to kill the two soldiers, I think that's at the point where she realizes that this world is over. Because mm-hmm. I, I think in in you know like in the world we're in right now, if you're with somebody and that happens with soldiers, you're you're not going to kill the soldiers. I don't think right. you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, I don't know this person well enough, and obviously these guys are of authority, so I'm going to stand back. But in this world, I think she realizes like, okay something's probably not right. I'm going to trust my gut more than probably my, you know, societal, you know, knowledge that I have and go with what I think is the best thing. But I mean, you asked the question, would I do that? It's, it's tough to decide on that. I mean, I was nervous when she did that, if it was going to come back to bite her Mm -hmm. Uh, and it didn't look like it did. Uh, But it was kind of call. I know. And I mean, and it was kind of interesting to see how she's, I did think it was slightly out of character for her just a little bit. We haven't quite seen her be this badass um, or so just, you know, because she's always wanted to protect people and, and prevent, you know, 
people from getting hurt or trying to keep violence from happening or outbreaking here. But I guess maybe that's the only route that she saw that, because clearly in my opinion, these soldiers were not taking him like to lock him up or taking him to the brig. And I say that in quotes or anything like that. They were going, I think to go kill him. I think they were going to go, you know, assert their own justice for what they felt were his transgressions and killing their fellow soldier. And they were going to take him out. And in my opinion, if I were Rose, I would be questioning that as well. Like if you are wanting to serve real justice, if there's still law and order in this world, then why are you secretly taking him off into the night? Why don't you just handcuff him, stick him off to the side and then let us go. And then you go take him to headquarters or take him to wherever you're holding people, you know, who you feel are breaking the law or need to be held. So that would definitely raise a red flag for me because if these soldiers were on the up and up, that that's what they would be doing. They wouldn't be sneaking off with him um, in the middle of the night where I felt they were probably going to probably beat the shit out of him or something and then probably kill him. Um, so I, I kind of see where she was with that. I thought it was, um, you know, just an interesting turn of events and kind of a little bit of a, what I didn't expect to come out of her character, but I liked it because I, I, you know, I liked that turn, whether it made a whole lot of sense or not. I don't know, but I like that it was finally woke in her that she kind of flipped. Well, I think in that moment, as they're walking away, they're like, you'll be safe here and we'll send for help later. Like, you know, we've got time. Mm-hmm. That was probably in her gut too. Is like, okay, well, they're not coming back. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. do whatever they need to do here and they're not going to give two shits about us. So we're going to be stuck here and probably miss the stadium where my daughter is supposed to be. Right. So that could have been some, a lot of instincts kicking in and, you know, that's, that's a, that's a quick call. And I think it's kind of dumb on their part. That's the thing I didn't quite understand with the soldiers though. Is like, as you're walking away, you've left the weapons with those people mm-hmm. and you're walking away with your back turned to them. Like, just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, we're, you're not going to shoot us. Like, that's the thought that they had. Yeah, I mean, I would, that's have, true. I would imagine in that instance, if they're like, Hey, we're just going to kill him anyway, just shoot her. So she's out of the way, she's out of the picture, and then we can just leave all the other misfits to themselves. Right. Yeah, they definitely, you know, kind of made my little um, hairs perk up a little. Like, I just don't think those guys are on, are on the up and up at all. So I have to say, I think I probably would have done the same thing as Rose had. And you're right about, you know, Spears, you know, they have been through, even in this very short amount of time, have been through a lot together. Um, and he has, you know, helped her, saved her and helped get her to where they are. Um, they're at the stadium where her daughter is. So I, I definitely would have trusted him regardless of what the soldiers were saying. I don't know those soldiers. Um, I feel like, what they're doing is shady and underhanded. Um, I would definitely be trusting whom I know as Spears. So I was just curious what, what you thought of that. That was really my number four, which is, I kind of wanted to pick your brain about that. So what's your number four? Uh, so my number four, they've done this multiple times and I really, really love this form of kind of storytelling. And, and it was during the heist episode where they did the multiple perspectives. Yes. Um, they did it in episode one and they did it here as well. And I just, I love getting to see, cause I mean, Shows do this where they intercut like different perspectives as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the pretty common st- way of storytelling. But I love uh, that you kind of see, and they did it in the, the stadium episode as well, but you see the full length of the character's 
story. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see them enter the building and you see where their story kind of ends in the building. And then instead of, you know, like I said, intercutting the other characters in there, mm-hmm. they cut and then they go to the next character and show, all right, here we are splitting up again. Now we'll see them as they enter the building and as they finish the building. And it kind of gives a lot of like creepiness too, because, you know, when Sun was crawling through that air duct, we know at one point when Spears gets there, he sees the guns and we see her screaming. So it's like, well, shit, did a zombie get in there? Like, how did a zombie get in there? Mm-hmm. And you start piecing all these things together. I think these kind of episodes make you feel smart too. <laughs> because at the point when they're crawling through, you're like, well, did a zombie? No. Oh, God, I hear the. Gu- oh, oh, I know what's going to happen. You know, they're going to shoot Manny and, and he's going to turn into a zombie. It's like, oh, figured it out. I should write this stuff. Then That's right. Out. And it happens. Anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, you know, it's like any silly goose could figure it out. But, you know, when you figure it out before it happens, you feel good about yourself. But yeah, uh, again, I just love the the multiple perspectives that they did on this. And I'll touch on, on the heist episode. I really, really enjoyed that episode just in general. Yeah. It was short. It was kind of, you know, it felt very much like, a, you know, a Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes type episode. It's like you get dropped in. You don't really know what's going on, but you know the characters, you know how they act, and you kind of see the story progress. Mm-hmm. And I kind of enjoyed that a lot because, again, this could be its own independent episode. Like yeah. You could just show this to somebody be like, hey, check this out. And it's like, okay, well, I see these characters are working together. I don't know why they're here, but okay, this this is kind of a cool story. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. Just, I will forgive the confusion that I had when the episode first started as I'm sitting here going, wait, what? Where are we? Who are these people? What's going on? How did we get here? How did we decide to get here? <laughs> you know, I feel like there there should have been this whole like three minute cold open somewhere down the street that they're having this conversation and planning this. I don't need to hear the whole plan. I just needed just a little bit of something. So I'll forgive that bit where I kind of jumped in going, what the hell? Um, I'm like you. I really enjoyed seeing that. You know, when Rose is in that that room and they lock her away and then you're hearing gunshots and you're hearing screaming and people running and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, guess what? If you wait a few seconds, they're going to show you because then they show from the perspective of locking Rose in that drug harem room. And then you see them continue the other group then continuing on their way. And then you see what happens, but then you see this group split off kind of goes back in time a few minutes. And then you see what this group has been up to. Um, so I'm well, like you. I enjoyed the hell out of out of that well, whole format. It was well edited too, because like you, like okay, I know there's a zombie outbreak. Like what happened? And when the lights went out, did somebody freak out and start shooting people? And that's what caused it. And at the very very end with uh, um, Carmen, you see exactly how it did. You know, lights go out and she stabs what assumes to be the bad guy in the group, and she created this whole zombie you know attack in this mm-hmm. you know drug Scarface realm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I that's like my it. number four is just the multi-perspectives we got here on these last two episodes. I like it. Well, my number three, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Sun and her backstory. And I talked a little bit about her in our last episode that I feel like she you know, wasn't really getting enough credit um, that she deserves for being smart and being able to think on her feet. And I will say that I'm kind of annoyed that they don't have subtitles for her. I mean, I get it. It it kind of makes it feel real after all. I mean, if you if if you 
just plant yourself in this exact world um, and, and everything around you is happening as it is there in the show. Um, and you're stuck with someone that doesn't speak your language. And it doesn't mm-hmm. even mean that your English is your language. It could be any language. If someone doesn't speak your language, you're not going to have subtitles, right? And, you know, you're not going to yeah. have the help of subtitles. And you're not probably going to have a translator, there's chances that there isn't going to be another person around that speaks that person's language and you're going to have no idea what that person is saying. So I, I, in a way appreciate what they did by not having subtitles for son, but in other ways it was really frustrating because I think that she had some really poignant things to say. And I was really frustrated that I didn't get to understand what she was saying. However, this um, two minute monologue that she had when they were in, um, it was in the tunnel episode um, this was her backstory. And I kind of felt that even before I looked this up, um, that as she's talking, that we're kind of getting that backstory. And, you know, I, this actress, I don't know her. I don't know if she's a veteran actor or, or if this is like one of her first acting jobs. I think she did a really great job. So kudos to her. So anyway, I found on Reddit someone that had watched the show and they are Korean. So they translated her monologue. So this is what I I just, I copied it off of here. So I'm not taking credit for this. I totally copied it off Reddit. I don't know the user. So uh, thank you to whomever um, Reddit user this was. So they basically say, okay, so she is saying that she crossed the river uh, Tumen. And my apologies if that's not the right pronunciation. Uh, This river Tumen, which borders China, North Korea, and Russia, because she was so hungry, um, which means she escaped North Korea. Um, anyway, she monologues about escaping across the Tumen, and she knows her mother will still be waiting for her back home, and she wants nothing more than to sit down and eat a really good meal in peace, taking all the time in the world. Um, and then she says, also she added, in the diner, this is going back to the episode when they were all in the diner, Sun was saying to them how they have to aim for the brain. Like she started to try to mime the deaths, mm-hmm. but she was actually telling the people, but they didn't understand her that she had to aim for the brain. So, um, I really found it refreshing that she was, you know, this badass, vulnerable woman of color, um, character that we don't, you know, always get to see in lots of shows. And I just wanted to kind of give, you know, on our last episode here, a little, you know, high five to son, son's character. Cause I really enjoyed Enjoyed her. I thought she was a brilliant actress. I think that you could really feel, you know, her emotions that she was able, despite not knowing what the hell she was saying, because she was (laughs) speaking a foreign language and we didn't have any subtitles, that she was able to convey so much speaking a foreign language with her facial expressions and her emotions. And kudos to that actress. So she's my number three. I like it. Yeah, I was really impressed with how that was all played out. Um, You think, you know... I always feel like, uh, you know, I don't know how many people have been in a situation where they were with somebody who didn't speak your language whatsoever. And it happened to Tiffany and I once. The first time we went to Mexico, mm-hmm. we got on a bus and we were going to go to like where you could barter and stuff like that. And the guy at the front desk told us kind of how to do it, but we didn't quite understand. And we're like, well, we'll get on there and we'll figure it out. And we get on there, we tell the guy, and he's like, you know, obviously not understanding what we're saying. He's like, yeah, well, sure. Shakes us up and down. We're like, okay. We get all the way to the very end of the bus route, and we'd been on the bus for like an hour. Oh, wow. And we're like, uh, and like we're looking out the window, and like there's a dog that looks pretty malnourished, and it's like, it's, <laughs> it's not like tourist Cancun either. And so 
we go up and start talking to him and he like obviously can't know what we're talking about and he tries to talk to us and we have no idea what he's talking about we're just like all right we'll go back to our seats and see what happens <laughs> but i mean it's 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 like the whole tower of babel thing you know once you have people that can't speak the language and you have no way to communicate like life becomes a standstill and and we luck out in this day and age because you could probably get an app on your phone Mm-hmm. And be able to have that communication back and forth, but in this world, legitimately, like she can't. And you know, big props for the group for keeping them with her because I mean, like we saw early on in the diner, the guy's like, "That's that's bait. Let's just throw her out there and we'll run because she's yeah. she's gonna what's gonna cause us to die." He was so dismissive of her, and she Very was like so, the yeah. damn smartest one of the damn group. Uh huh. Yeah, she was a badass. I mean, in the I mean, she essentially showed Rose how to handle that machine gun like a boss. She was like, show me. And she just grabs that thing and shows her how to load it and check it and get it, you know, locked and loaded. And I was like, damn straight. That's awesome. (laughs) Chicks and guns, man. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I really liked her character and I've, I've had similar experiences, um, you know, being around folks that didn't speak a lick of English. And it was a, a shock to me because in the area I live in, it's just, it's just not very diverse where I'm at, you know? And so when you're not used to that and then you get plunked into a spot where it's, it's, and not that I didn't enjoy it because it was a great experience, <coughs> but it was a little bit of a culture shock. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to communicate, um, with this person. Um, but I would just, you know, just try my best. And, you know, I feel like, you know, you still kind of get your point across, um, you know, despite the language barrier, but yeah, I really like son. So I liked that she survived (laughs) the end. So anyway, that's my number three. What is yours? Uh, so my number three, we talked about it a little bit, but even in all three of these episodes, it really felt like they, they were very light on the dialogue, Mm -hmm. which, I I love shows that show more than tell, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they were trying to do here. Because in a lot of shows, you know, I think that's why I'm a little bit more forgiving on the heist heist piece because I kind of put the pieces together and kind of made up my own story a little bit. But yep. you know, if if they just came out, and we've talked about this in other shows before too, where you know you have that you know ten second monologue game or not Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones doesn't do that too much, but. Walking Dead is something that's very bad about that, I think. Like, you've got this character who jumps up who's larger than life and gives this huge monologue about what they're going to do and why they're doing it. And I'd much rather, like, people don't do that. And so that's why, like I said, this felt like it was more grounded. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoy that more because it just, again, you know, I know a lot of people like to watch shows because it's very much like a break from reality, but I kind of like to see the more realism in some of that stuff because it's just different from what you see in all the other things you watch. Yeah. So, I I mean, kind of short and sweet on that number three, but I just like that they were very light on the dialogue for these three episodes. I liked it too. I sometimes shows, and you provided a good example, just get a little too wordy. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, just show me. I like action. You know, I want to see some action. I don't stop with all the talking. Um, So, I'll agree with that statement. all right, so my number two is the Black Zone. So I felt that the soldiers that we met 
in that tunnel episode were not completely useless because we did get a little bit of information. And they said, I copied some of the dialogue here that they had. So this is where some dialogue did come in handy um, because we did get a little bit because I know we're kind of, you know, wondering, or at least I know I was wondering a lot during this, like, what the hell is going on? Is there any kind of plan? What is this happening? Because we talked about, you know, where they seem to all be moving from these cities to cities or houses to houses, and they're then moving them to the stadium. And then once everyone gathers at the stadium, they're then going to move them elsewhere. So it was kind of nice to get just a little bit of that. And that's what the soldiers provided us. Um, So the one soldier says, Army Air Corps is clearing the area for the next four hours. We'll head out onto 2nd Street, and we should be there by morning. He says, first evac from stadium should be in 18 hours from now, then one every hour for 24 after that. We have plenty of time. Um, When they get asked where will they take us from there, they said it's called mainland evac camps. They've been shifting away from urban centers. Airborne units have been told to account for enough fuel to make it to Alaska or south to Cuba, which I thought was interesting. Um, They said as for the lower 48, middle of nowhere seems the safest place to be. Um, So when he said lower 48, and this might be because I'm just not, it's not clicking with me. Is he talking about the lower 48 states? Yeah. Yeah. Typically like the continental U.S. That's what they would call it. Okay. So I guess they, I've never heard that terminology, lower 48. So Because like usually that includes everything but Alaska and Hawaii. So okay. they were talking like we'll get you to Alaska. But they said like Hawaii was shooting down any plane that came in sight. Right. Which is kind of interesting because the way we've seen it here, if – Somebody dies, they turn. It's not like a bite or anything like that. Yeah, so like immediate. I'm wondering, yeah, so I'm wondering if the if it is actually viral and it's like airborne or something like that and Hawaii hasn't gotten it yet. Yeah, that's interesting because they said that it D- Denver was the first infected, um, that it went black within 72 hours. Um, density does no one any favors when it comes to the way these things move. So I think that makes total sense. I mean, if you're in a heavily populated area, then you obviously have more risk of, you know, one person turns, then Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people turn and die. So you've got more, but where the population is less sparse, like if you're in the middle of freaking Topeka, Kansas, sorry, anybody that lives in Topeka, Kansas, or in the middle of a cornfield in Kansas, you're probably going to be slightly more safe because there's not as many people or like Montana or Wyoming where there isn't as, you know, high of population, you know, then clearly it's going to be safer there. So, Well, like in Denver, I think their airport's like the number two or number three most, uh, like, like the biggest or most used airport in the country. Is it really? Yeah, I've been to Denver Airport. If you look it up, there's a lot of weird conspiracy theories about the Denver Airport too. Really? Like a lot of people think there's like lizard people that live underneath it and it's, it's crazy what? you can dig into it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, I mean, you think, like you said, that big hub, like there's a lot of people. Once it breaks, it breaks. Everybody's getting it. And I think being in the middle of nowhere, and that's my zombie apocalypse like uh, plan. Like if something happens, I'm getting as far away from cities and stuff as I can yes. in the middle of nowhere. Because, you know, if you're in the Midwest or if you – it, it depends where it starts, I guess. But if you're a, in a more isolated area, you're at least going to be exposed to this thing happening before mm-hmm. it happens. You know, could you imagine being in an airport before this breakout happens and it breaks out in Ugh, the airport? You're no not going to know what to do. You're going to be in a crowd of people and you're kind of stuck at that point. Mm-hmm. And you're on your feet. You're going to be running. Like, But if you're, you know, in, like you said, Topeka, Kansas or, you know, middle of nowhere, Wyoming, you're flipping through the news and you're going to see this thing like, oh, my God, Denver Airport 
viral thing or whatever, you know, people are eating people, you're going to be like, huh, well, I'm going to make sure I shut my fence and I'm going to sit on my roof with my weapons. And if anything comes that's not, exactly. you know, is in that thing, then kapow. And it's you know? flat. You know, if you're yeah, out there yeah. in the middle of a farm or, you know, out there in the middle of a cornfield or something, and it's it's generally pretty flat, you're going to see something coming before it can get you. And that's the problem also being in like cities and, you know, suburban areas that these things can just kind of pop out of nowhere as you're, mm-hmm. you know, walking or running around trying to find, you know, find food or a safe place to be. These things just kind of, you know, you see how they just come flying and tackle you out of nowhere. Um so yeah, at least this way you would see them coming if there's not a whole lot of buildings and um, streets and cars and things like that, you know, for them to kind of come out at you um, as a surprise. But I just thought it was kind of interesting um, to kind of talk about that a little bit and, you know, what their plan was. They said that they were clearing all black zones um, and they asked, what does that mean? Black zone. They said no living left, dead only. Mm. So it sounds like they were doing that at that time. There was a lot of dead out there. So what they're just out there bombing, are they bombing randomly? I, got, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if that's quite effective. I guess if you were able to, like, they need to go find this horde. Remember what happened mm. to this horde that Carmen was talking about? They need to go find this horde and drop a couple bombs on that horde. Not dropping bombs in, in random city streets. I feel like you're not going to, you might get a couple zombies, but is that really the best use of, of you know, the, these weapons that you have? Go herd them up into one communal area, like try to, try to, route them or trap them in a central location and then drop a bomb. I don't know. It just seemed kind of random the way that they were doing that because there are still living people there. So I don't know. I I feel like they should go find this damn horde that Carmen mentioned and bomb that. Maybe that's what season two is going to be. We'll see the horde. (laughs) Uh, And you you talked about hordes and stuff too. Like, you know, in the city, like it's not just the horde of zombies, but it's the horde of people. Yes. People compact really quick, and now you got these sardines and these blockades and stuff like that. And uh, that that whenever I'm in big cities and stuff like that, that's what always freaks me out. Like you think of, you know, scenes we've seen from movies and even real life, where you're like, God, just it it wouldn't be the event itself. It's the fact that you're just you're kind of cattle at that point, and ugh, just gives me the willies. That's hilarious that you bring that up because this is where my brain goes. When my daughter was uh, living in New York, which she should be going back there soon, and I can't wait to go back and visit again. I love New York. But um, sorry, sidetracked there. One of the times I was visiting her in New York and we were in Manhattan, and it was close to Christmas time. So Manhattan was just packed. We were like up up and down Fifth Avenue looking at all the storefronts, you know, how they all decorate and make a huge deal out of their storefronts and with Christmas decorations. So we're walking along and checking out all the storefronts, just enjoying. It was a, it was a beautiful, warm-ish day for winter. It was like 55 degrees and it was, you know, a nice day. We're walking. But man, you know, it's packed not just because it's New York and the typical people are there, but it's, it's it is very touristy. There were lots of people there that weren't from New York also doing the same thing that we were. So it was, we're, we're packed walking these sidewalks. And, you know, as we're just kind of walking along the street, I can't help but just look. I'm like, gosh, crowds. They, you know, I get, I, I get claustrophobic in crowds. And at the same time, then I'm like, what if the zombie apocalypse happened right now? Uh, I'm in the same boat. What yeah. if that person over here just all of a sudden turns or they stroke out or have a heart attack and then they turn into a walker? And there's this huge outbreak. What would I do? Yeah. 
And then I start planning, like, okay, I'm going to go down this street. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to grab my kid and I'm going to go down this street. I'm going to run here and this is where I'm going to go. And it's, it's just weird how my brain works. As I tell, someone tell me I'm not the only one that does this. No, I do the same. I mean, and it's planning, like, even like you said, like the zombie apocalypse, like there's other things that could happen where you're like, oh shit, okay, like I'm in a crowd of people. What would I do if this happens? Mm -hmm. And I think about that stuff all the time. And I'm pretty aware of my surroundings, I think. I Mm -hmm. mean. On this trip that Tiffany and I went with, like I saw some like sketchy people that made me nervous, and you know I'm like, what in Vegas? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, right. <laughs> like you just see people with their shirts off, and you're like, uh, like it's two in the afternoon, so obviously, <laughs> you know. And I'd be looking down the street. She's like, what? What are you looking at? I'm like, that guy over there is like giving me the willies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if it ever happens, I hope I'm like with my folks at their place because they live pretty much in the middle of nowhere with a creek around them and a big hill. And, uh, oh, yeah. that's where I want to be. Oh yeah. I love that you say creek like I do. <laughs> I say creek and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like a creek with water in it. And they're like, yeah. creek? And I'm like, no, creek. <laughs> Tiffany's mad because Jacoby says creek now. <laughs> Yes, good job. Um, well, I'm the same way. I won't tell where I'm going because then everybody's going to want to go there. And, you know, my uh, family member who owns this property would kill me if I told people, of course, um, in this undisclosed location. But that's where the hell I'm going. Uh, um, and my family member's property that is. Um, in an ideal location, should an outbreak like this occur, um, and there, there, there would be um, plenty of protection. I'll say that, and in a good location. So that's where I'm headed. I just hope that I have um, a vehicle with some gas to get me there because it's, um, you know, not like next door to me or anything. So I got to get there. So I hope I have the means to get there. Um, and hopefully I don't get shot because my uncle or I'm sorry, my family member will shoot you on site. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're not a known person, you're going to get shot on site. I can promise you. So that's where I'm going. Um, and there's a creek there too, and a lake <laughs> and a pond and plenty of vast land. So anyway, I love that. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that way. Cause I do. And it's not just like zombie apocalypse. Like what if, uh, you know, the, you know, what, just what if this happens and then what would I do and where would I go? And I'm just always, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be aware of my surroundings and, you know, I always just try to be aware, uh, of what's happening and what would I do? I feel like you always need to plan, right? You need yeah, a plan. Exactly. Yep. You need a plan. Anyway, that was, that was my number three. That was my number two. Sorry. Wrong number. Yep. So my number two, it kind of goes more into this last episode. I think that's what kept me on the edge of my seat, but it was just the chaoticness of this last episode. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing the group kind of walking towards what I'm assuming is the stadium at this point right? in the city. And you're kind of like, at first I thought it was just the group spread out, but then you start to yeah. see more and more people starting to funnel together. And so it's yeah. like, okay, all these people are going to the same place, which makes sense. And you see like one zombie come in, they all shoot it. And there was a lot of friendly fire going on. Like There was. The, there was a lot of wasted ammo. We see Carmen, I guess, get shot and die, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even our our heroes, if you will, like they accidentally shot some people. Yeah. And it was just very chaotic. And again, it's kind of a theme, I guess. But, you know, if you have these people who aren't trained soldiers who, you know, are scared, who don't maybe know how to 
you know, use a firearm to the best of their ability. That's probably going to happen, especially if these kind of zombies that just come running at you from anywhere. Like if somebody turns a corner and is running towards you, your first instinct would be like, oh, shit, zombie bang. And then you realize, shit, no, that was a person. Right. Or there was somebody standing right there next to that zombie or right behind that zombie. Yeah. And you're like, great. I just created another zombie. So now I got to deal with that one. But it it just kind of put me on the edge of my seat. And as they're running to the stadium when they're going through that little blockade where it was kind of zigzagging. Yeah. Just, you know, like William, we see him, he hurt his ankle. He's, you know, they're trying to save him. And they realize at some point, like, they're not going to save him themselves. And they give him kind of that mercy kill. And that's the last we see of him. It was just a quick, like, we didn't even see his face or he didn't get, like, any lines or anything like that. Just a very realistic scenario of, like, I don't want you to get eaten and turned, so I will do this thing for you. He said, do it, do it, kill me. I was like, oh, my God, because, you know, we've kind of been him with him and son since the beginning. And I felt really terrible as they're trying their best to save him. But he's, you can tell he's really holding them back. And these damn zombies, man, they just, they're not slow walkers. No, They are rage zombies and they are running at you full force and they are not able to run. And it was so sad when he just says, just, just do it. Just kill me. It was better than being left behind and being mauled and then turning into one of those things. Um, He's going to die, I guess, either way. But it was terrible when he's like, no, no, just do it. Just kill me. Just do it. And they didn't really hesitate. They just were kind of like, <gasps> they had their little moment like, oh, we don't want to. Okay, boom. And they yeah. But I think the that head. showed, like, Rose has made the turn. She's kind of become <laughs> this yeah. world. Because I think Spears and Sun were, I guess Sun had more of a connection with him anyway. But they felt, I felt like they were kind of willing to give that little bit extra, which probably could have cost them their lives. But Rose was kind of like, all right, this is what I have to do, and mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, but, that was something. Uh, and then, I mean, I would probably won't get to talk to him too much, but like Lance, you know, he's kind of <laughs> running and trying to get away, and the explosion happens or the bomb, whatever, kind of threw them off their game. And the last we see of him is just running down the road with a herd just chasing him. Yeah. I'm going to assume he doesn't make it. But we'll see. I don't know. He seems like the luckiest damn guy in the world. He really does, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he just seems to just freaking luck out like he did in that episode alone. I'm like, how are you still alive? And he was still (laughs) alive in this damn drug den. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm like, how did he end up here? Is he in that harem too? Are they forcing themselves on him too? Like they're just having him in this drugged up state and he's having to perform like, others are doing in this room or what's that whole story? I don't even know that I needed it. Maybe it's best that it's left up to the imagination, but um, yeah, I think he's still running. He's like Gendry in Game of Thrones. He's still still running, still rowing. (laughs) But yeah, that's my number two is just the chaoticness we got in this last episode. I like it. There was a lot of chaos. That's for sure. Um, Well, my number one is just in general, like a wrap up of the series in general, um, this being a season one, you know, overall, you know, we've talked about it already, but I, I really liked the show. I liked that it was really fast paced. Um, it really kept me on the edge of my seat. I mean, I, there aren't too many TV shows or series that I watch anymore where I'm really kind of like gripping, um, you know, my seat or I'm kind of holding my breath, 
you know, kind of like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And I'm, you know, kind of, or I'm maybe breathing heavy, you know, because they're running and I feel like I'm running with them. So I'm, I'm almost out of breath. So I feel like there's not that many shows that do that for me anymore. So that's what I really like. I like the adrenaline. I like a fast pace. Some of these last three episodes that we had here, they're only like 30 minutes, you know, so I like that they kept it going and that they didn't really have to draw things out. Um, I know that there were a few that were hard to follow. We talked about heist and, you know, there, that was kind of like, wait, what, what happened? How did we get here? We weren't quite sure. We just kind of got plunked into this, you know, um, in the middle of this plan here, but I feel like it's still packed a punch and it was quick. It was enjoyable to watch. You can binge it and then move on. You don't have to be too invested. And that's what I'm saying. I think there were complaints that I read that people were upset because they're not getting backstories. They don't know who these characters are. They don't have anything invested in them and they don't feel connected. And I get that to a point in like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, you know, they take the time to develop the characters and you feel that relationship with those characters and you have that, you feel like that emotional connection with your favorite characters. And I think that's good. That's a good thing. So I don't, I'm not, you know, downing that or giving that a bad rap, but I like this because it's kind of a nice change for me anyway, because I put so much into characters. Like we just wrapped Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones just wrapped up a little over a week ago. That was a heavy show. I spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, not just as a viewer, but, you know, I helped co-host the Podcastica podcast, House Podcastica, on many, many episodes. And so there's also lots of analysis and depth into breaking those episodes down. So I've invested a lot. It's exhausting, Sometimes all the effort that you put into shows, analyzing them, and I just get wore out. So this was something I thought that you can just watch, enjoy, have a good time with, and then let it go. Um, So for me, it was a nice change of pace, especially this, like I said, this timing where Game of Thrones was just over. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I can agree to an extent. I think when you look at like Game of Thrones and the character development there, it's more of it's more the focus is more on the characters than kind of the surroundings of it. You mm-hmm. know, you know, I can't put myself. I, I guess I could put myself in Jamie Lannister's shoes, but Jamie Lannister is Jamie Lannister. Uh-huh. But in like this show, this world, it's just people trying to survive, and I think it, you can put yourself in their shoes, and you don't really need that character development as much because mm-hmm. the whole idea here, like you get some exposure to it. Like you know, we kind of know who Lance is, we kind of who Rose is, we know who Spears is. Like we get what their character is kind of about, but it's more of about like the goal of these characters isn't some you know prison, it's not some Iron Throne, it's not you know hiding bodies in the ocean via Dexter. It's <laughs> it's just people trying to survive, and you're seeing it play out. And you know, this is a show. I think they could have you, we could have fallen into the the trap we see a lot of these shows do, where they do ten episodes. They're an hour and a half long each, or an hour long each, forty five minutes. And there's just so much like unnecessary dialogue, so much drama, so much you know, days of our living, you know, daytime soap operaing. And it could have got very mundane and boring, but instead it does like what a lot of the the complaints I've had with other shows I watch, it was condensed. It was the action. It was, you know, here's the thing going on that they're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And really that was bookend 
very well, in my opinion, because you know we opened this series up with Rose losing her daughter, and what we get at the end is her maybe getting back with her daughter. Like, you know, they didn't embrace, they didn't hug, they didn't actually get anywhere to safety. Right. Know, in my mind, what happened is her daughter got within 15, 20 yards. From nowhere, one of the zombies breaks in. And it's kind of like oh, a Dawn of the Dead type Sean, thing. Sean, that's so dark. <laughs> but that's what this kind of show is. It's like you have all – and that's where like people are like, oh, well, there's no backstory. There's no – you know, I don't feel attached to these characters. These characters are not safe. Like I fear for these characters that survived. Like there, yeah. there's, a, there's more story there. But like, okay, well, they got to the stadium. Nobody's there. There's no helicopters. They're surrounded by zombies. What's going to happen to them? Mm-hmm. Zombie running from the uh, 100-yard line to the 50-yard line where her daughter is and just smacks, tackles her was, to the ground and eats her. That's what I was expecting to happen. Or like maybe that guy on the, the thing shooting one of them or something. Like uh-huh. I didn't think it was going to end on a high note. And I was expecting you to see like, boom, them get hit and then you hear disturbs you know, down with the sickness, start playing. You're like, all right, that's where we're at. Uh, well, and maybe I didn't make my point like I, I wanted to and didn't communicate that well. I, whenever I was talking about like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, you know, you, you spend so much time, I guess, with those characters, like you learn about them, like in, in Breaking Bad, and I'll try to talk about it without any spoilers. Hopefully I don't spoil anything. So FYI, in case I do, um, um, you've, you've got your warning. Um, but you know, like going with Breaking Bad, I felt like I spent so much time like with, you know, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, you know, with those characters every week. And I got so emotionally invested in them that it was so hard that when it was over, or at least when maybe that season was over, it was so hard to let them go because I was so wrapped up in them and I cared about them so much. I didn't really care about these characters, you know, so much. Like I did love, I did really like Sun, um, but you know, Rose and, and William and all of them, it was kind of like, well, okay, I feel like we've been with them since the beginning, but I don't have anything emotionally invested. So it was, it was nice to not have to care so much, I guess, because I didn't lose, I felt like, and this is going to sound, I, I hope this doesn't sound super crazy. I am still kind of struggling with Game of Thrones being over. I didn't struggle with how it ended. I'm still a little bit conflicted. I still don't know if I've settled my feelings on it, how I felt about it. I wasn't tore up like everyone else seems to be and butthurt about it like everyone else seems to be on the internet. Um, But it was hard just to let it go. This is an end of an era for me and a lot of people that I know, this Game of Thrones TV show. And that was hard to let go. To see some of your favorite characters, either they died, maybe some of them lived. But this was the end of all this time and energy and effort that I've put 10 years into this show and all of a sudden it's just gone and it's over and I felt so exhausted and I felt like I understand where Kit Harrington had to go into rehab after the show um, because I'm like I totally get that this show it was able to just go in and entertain me I didn't have to invest a lot of time and effort and energy into the characters. I could just go in and enjoy it for what it was and let it go. Like, I'm okay. It's over. It's good. Goodbye. On to the next. Hopefully we get a season two. If not, that's okay. Um, So that's kind of what I was meaning by that. I think that makes sense. I'm kind of curious if – so I see – like, this was one one season and – 
it feels like with Netflix shows, you don't have to invest as much time because it's binging. Game of Thrones and stuff like that, it's it's a week-long journey. You yeah. Know? I mean, some people binge it, but most of the time it's like I watch week one through week 10. Yeah. And I have to wait week to week. So it feels a lot more drawn out. It feels a lot more connected. It feels more like an event. Yes. But like with this, you know, and that's why I'm curious, like Stranger Things is the only thing I could relate to where if it ends, I'd be kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's over. I feel kind of empty now. Yeah. So I'm really curious if that'll be that feeling there with that show or it's like, well, it's Netflix. It was a quick binge. All right, what's next? Because they don't, there isn't that feeling of putting in the work, I guess, if that makes sense. It does make sense. This show is a good show to binge. Game of Thrones, I just, I don't agree. If it is your first watch, someone tells me that they are binging Game of Thrones on their first watch, and I just say, no, 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 that's not how yeah. we do that. That's it's fine if it's your like your rewatch or you're going back or something. That's fine, um, but not on your first watch. There's too much to digest. Game of Thrones is anxious as what you are when you watch it live from week to week. It's frustrating because you want to see that next episode, but at the same time, it's a good thing because it allows you to digest and process the episode that you watched, analyze it, get your thoughts out on it, and think about it. And then you're ready to roll into the next one. It really, it, it's fine if you're going to say, okay, it's the sat, it's a Saturday, it's a Sunday, it's a holiday. I'm going to watch two or three episodes in a row. That's okay. But when someone watches like an entire season of Game of Thrones in a day or in a weekend, I'm like, no, 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 no. You're yeah. doing it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, you just are. <laughs> even after reading the books and everything, I think I would only watch like two episodes a day or a night at most. Yeah. Even after that, you're just emotionally drained, and you, you know, you're just like, okay, I'm ready to wait. But like this one, you like, I watched three episodes in one night, and it wasn't Ex- that big of a deal. Exactly. There's this very totally different shows. There's so much to unpack in Game of Thrones. I, you know, my daughter made that same mistake when she finally watched it, and she's like, oh, I binged season one in this amount of time, and I'm like, then you missed a lot. You don't yeah. even know. And she realized that mistake. She came back later, and she. Mother was right. She just always <laughs> comes back. Mother is right. She's like, I forgot that happened, or I don't remember that happening. I'm like, it's because you binged it. Game of Thrones is not meant to be binged. You have to think about it. You have to, if you're going to take it seriously anyway, maybe I take it too seriously. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. I loved the show. Um, but yeah, this is this is a show that is so different, and that's what was nice. It was a refreshing change of pace from the heaviness of having to devote so much time and energy to characters. I didn't have to do that. I, I did. I was sad when William died. You know, when he was shot, because I was like, "Oh my God, he's right there! Yeah. They're they're at the stadium. You know, they're at the gate." And ugh, it was sad because you know he he. He was a trooper. He stuck by son. He protected her. He was an advocate for her. And I felt like that was a loss. Um, and I and did care about son. Ankle. It was just a like normal step on a rock wrong. And it, that's what cost you, you know, your life essentially. <sighs> Those damn zombies. That's the difference between these zombies and like the, the slow walkers, you know. But anyway, I, I rambled a lot, so I apologize. But that was my number one. So I'm going to let you get to your number one. I'm going to shut up already. <laughs> well, my number one is just this entire show, too. Uh, it's, Good. There's been a lot of shows that we've covered uh, that have kind of been like, okay, I did that. Um, but this was one I, I really, really enjoyed and looked really forward to watching. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, one of the biggest complaints I have about a lot of shows is, is you. 
you have characters in there that you know are safe. And you're like, okay, this person, nothing's going to happen to. And this show, it didn't really feel like that was the case. I mean, Rose, you could kind of say, but, um, you know, William, if if you made this just your everyday vanilla show, I would have thought he would have survived till the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of random, and this kind of goes back to like random, chaotic, all that kind of stuff. It felt like this was just a very throw in, you know, like him rolling his ankle. Like that was just a random event that could have happened to any of them, but it happened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I like that there are quick episodes. I like that they kind of cut back on the dialogue. Um, I like that it wasn't over the top. Um, it was just like, you know, I go back to like the first time I heard they were making a zombie TV show and this is kind of what I would want in a zombie TV show. Um, so I'm excited if they, they bring out a season two, I definitely will watch it. I hope they keep it kind of in that same realm and of like, you know, seven or eight quick episodes and they don't try to go down the path of, we got to do 10 hour long episodes, but, uh, we'll see. But this one is a, a definitely a thumbs up for me and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a refreshing change. So two thumbs up for me too. Um, good number one. Um, I had just a few notes that I hadn't already touched on. The pro- One of the problems I did have in the, the last episode, um, and I, it wasn't just William. I saw another uh, just random person from the crowd doing this. But did you see how he was holding that shotgun? Oh, like, yeah, from the hip. Yeah, from like the hip. Did- yeah. I was raised shooting guns, all type of guns, rifles, shotguns, um, pistols, nine mils. Um, you don't get taught that. Is it, am I just being too much of a hard ass? Is that no. like a real person who's never held a gun before? Is that what they think that you're supposed to do? Yeah, I mean that's very much like a TV. I, I know like the uh, old state the stagecoach guns, which are like the smaller shotguns you would shoot, kind of like that. But yeah, like the little twenty two pistols or something. Yeah, and those and those are because like you're in a small area, so you have to be quick with it. Um, and with this, I think you would again. I mean, even if you just watch any kind of you know actual legit you know army military movie like you would have the gun to your shoulder ready and that would be where you'd want to make those shots because they were shooting so much ammo not hitting them anywhere in the head like i know by now they knew to be aiming for the head yeah and that's hard to do if your aim if your shotgun is there at your hip and you're trying to take a headshot and strategy, like he's got the shotgun. You shoot the ones that get closer, the ones with the rifle further away. Exactly. Shotgun is for shorter distance, not exactly not for, for long distance. Oh, I was just disappointed. I thought, come on, William. It might look kind of badass to be shooting like that, but you're not doing yourself any favors and you're wasting ammo. I think um, realistically, too, if you shoot that and you're not ready, that gun's going to go flying behind you, too. Oh, Yeah. That thing, I think, packed a punch. I think that's why they kind of do that shooting from the hip, you know, kind of thing. Because it, it, a lot of those have a good kick on them. Um, you mentioned earlier when Carmen died. I was kind of a little bit annoyed. It didn't seem real at all because she got shot and died standing up. Yeah, I wasn't really sure turned. about that either. Wasn't that kind of weird? I it, would think she would have at least slumped maybe. Um, yeah, she didn't I know, even fall over or anything. Like she died standing up and then, I mean, immediately was vomiting and then chasing people as she turned. I've, I've never, like, I've never like seen like scientific videos of this, but I know a lot of times they say like, you know, when you get shot in real life, it's not like the movies. Like 
you know, you get shot by certain pistols or, you know, certain types of guns, you don't just like instantly fall to the ground because they're not that powerful. Like it's going to hurt and could kill you, but it's more of a slower kind of death. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only thing I could think of with her. But if, if it takes you to be fully dead for you to turn, I would think your body would basically give out and you would fall or slump and then you would turn. But, exactly. You know, yeah, maybe there's ex- maybe there's more of a middle ground there where you're not quite dead yet when it takes over or something like that. But but yeah, that one was kinda kinda odd. Yeah. I I just had a hard time kind of believing that. I I would have preferred had she fallen, because if you die, you lose all capacity of uh bodily functions. Yeah. Which means you poop yourself. Yeah. <laughs> why did i know you were gonna say that (laughs) Um, well so i've heard um but i feel like you 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 lose motor function and you would you know your muscles you lose control over all of that and you would fall at least in some capacity um at least fall to your knees um and then, okay, turn and get back up. So I just had a problem with that. Um, and then you mentioned, again, like some of our heroes who there was some friendly fire going around. It was really sad when when Sun, when she shot that zombie, and there's like an innocent guy uh, standing behind them. And he's like, what the fuck? And uh, she realizes, she's like, oh, my God, you could see that. across Again, her expressions and her emotions that she was able to convey without being able to speak the language was all right there in her face. She was just like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. What the hell did I just do? Um, and then she Mm. realizes, ah, he's getting ready to die. I got to shoot him in the head. So then she takes care of business, which is again, why son, um, is super awesome. So that's all the notes that I had. Do you have any notes? No, I think I touched on pretty much everything. Um, I think if I could go back and and like pick a character that I'd want to follow, it would definitely be the uh, uh, dog whisperer guy. Like that's the one. That's the story I wanted to understand. So yeah, I I, I need a I need a season two just so I can find out what happened to this guy. Yeah. I mean, he just randomly shows up. He just goes. He goes in the opposite direction of the stadium. Like he has no desire to go to the stadium or be rescued or evacuated, and he's alone. With one weapon, uh, him and his dog, and it's like he's going right back out into the chaos. It's almost like he's going right back to where they started. I don't know. Kind of weird. I guess if you're in that one town, you got the whole grocery store. If if eventually you're able to kill the zombies and everyone's evacuated, um, you'd have that whole town to yourself. That's where he was at, right? When they went to the school, that's where he stumbled upon them. He's just that random... That yeah. was his dog. He in was that walking around there too. Yeah, whistling yeah. when uh, Lance was running around. Yeah. So anyway, well, enjoyable show. Um, I'm glad that we covered it. It was certainly um, enjoyable from beginning to end. Uh, wasn't flawless, but there were some good times to be had. So with that being said, we have a couple news items. I typically will, when we're covering these Netflix shows, we'll sometimes wait till the end before we do any news. So I don't get spoiled on stuff um, because they release everything from the um, beginning to the end um, on news. So I have a couple news items. Um, these are both from Digital Spy. The first one, um, the, one of the most interesting aspects of its format is that the show does not subtitle the dialogue spoken by Korean character Sun, played by Christine Lee. 
It might seem like a strange choice or even oversight, but Jamie King, who played Rose, explained to Metro why they did make that decision. She says a lot of the time the script came just like outlines. The whole point is we don't need language, that we are inherently connected and we can cross borders and cross countries. We say that human beings can connect to each other beyond words. So that's our explanation as to why there were no subtitles for for Sun. What do you think about that? I like that. Yeah, I think it's kind of just, it, it makes, again, like it makes you, it puts yourself in those shoes. If you could put on the, the um, subtitles and know exactly what she was saying, I think it would take away a little bit from, from the experience. I agree. There were a few times I was kind of annoyed, but at the same time, I kind of um, liked it as well. Uh, the next item, also from Digital Spy. So Black Summer Season 2 release when will it air so netflix hasn't yet confirmed whether season two has been given the thumbs up the streaming platform usually takes a couple of months to make its decision based on how many people watch the show so still to be determined if they decide on a season two we'll let you know about it um i try to keep people informed uh it's my job um Black Summer Season 2, is it really a Z Nation prequel? So during an interview with Screen Rant, Jamie King made it clear that the Netflix series is not connected to sci-fi's Z Nation, which was canceled last year after five seasons. She says, it's interesting because people started tying Black Summer to Z Nation, and I'm like, this has nothing to do with that. It's not a link. She says, I had never actually seen Z Nation or heard about Z Nation, but I have friends who absolutely love that show. And then people started putting it out there like it was a prequel of Z Nation, which it's not. And really, there is no relationship. But the relationship is it came from the people that were involved with Z Nation. So Black Summer co-creator Carl Schaefer was behind Z Nation, and both shows were produced by The Asylum. John Hyams, who directs Black Summer, um, and who directed several episodes of, of Nation. So I guess that busts that myth. Yeah, well, I like that because I know Z Nation was kind of slapsticky. So I like that these are just different things. Right. It's just like from the same people who were behind it, like directed episodes or producing, um, things like that. Um, but but it was interesting because I did read somewhere that um, maybe it was while I was on Reddit that um, – on Z Nation somewhere, I don't know if it was the beginning, the end, the middle of the series, that Black Summer was mentioned. Like, they mm. talk a little bit. Like, in Z Nation, I guess they don't talk too much about the origin. Kind of like in Walking Dead, they don't really talk too much about the origin and how things started. Nobody really knows. Um, but I guess that Black Summer is as like a reference, kind of like for the beginning of when things went bad, they refer to it as the black summer. So I guess that's maybe also where that came from. I don't know, because again, I'll tell you, I did not watch Z nation. That's just something I read. It could be false, but I'm taking that as someone who did see the show. So I did just check in Z nation is on Netflix. So if anybody cares to watch, oh, it's out it? there. Well, Hey, and let us know. Cause I don't know that I'm going to have time to watch. I have yeah. way too many shows on my plate and Anyone who's been watching our social media today knows I'm putting out Chernobyl like crazy right now. (laughs) 
If you need something to watch, you know, if you're looking for something, if you're not enjoying something that we're covering, and why aren't you? I mean, really, why aren't you enjoying what we're covering? Um, but if you need something after Game of Thrones, you need something else, HBO's got a really great miniseries um, uh, called Chernobyl. It's only five episodes. Oh, nice. Um, I've heard great things about it. Oh, my gosh. I, Sean, seriously, watch it. I know that you, as you like to remind me of how much younger you are than me, <laughs> I remember when this happened. Now, I was young enough that it didn't really make that impact because as a kid, you don't quite get the enormity of the tragedy that's taking place and what it really means for the world and 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 what it does. Um, but as I got a little bit older and we were hearing about it, you know, in class and things like that, I got obsessed and I was reading everything. There was no internet then, people. I'm that old. Um I was reading everything I could get my hands on about Chernobyl. I was just obsessed with what happened. And this miniseries gives you so much more. And the footage, they've done these side-by-sides of, you know, of like the real, um, and this is on the internet, not an actual show, but they'll show like, here's what the show depicted what really happened. And then they have actual footage of what really happened. And it's so close. Like it is like exact. So they're doing a great job of showing these real life, like this is what really happened. And this is these meetings that really happened. And this is what really took place. It's fantastic. They've, there's only four episodes that have aired. The fifth episode airs this week. I cannot encourage everyone to go watch the show enough. In fact, we were encouraged today, someone, um, as I was talking with someone on our Facebook page, they want us to cover <laughs> this show. <laughs> I don't know that we'll have time for that. It would be interesting after we cover Black Mirror um, and between before Stranger Things, if we did one episode for the entire miniseries, that might be an idea. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. But watch it, please. But anyway, those are the news items that we have. I just thought it was interesting about the the connection between Z Nation and Black Summer. If anyone else has any information on that, please feel free to write in to us. But that does it for the news. Next, we have messengers from the followers. It's our listener feedback portion. All right. Our first one comes from Doug Fix. So if anything, it was fast and furious and thankfully without Vin Diesel. Can't agree more there. <laughs> I really love the lack of dialogue in this series, and with the short episodes, felt almost like a movie instead of a series. I dug the whole infiltrating infiltrating the drug den, rave, and prostitution establishment for guns. Dance like there is no tomorrow. Can you say panic at the disco? (laughs) How did they know it was there and that there was a cache of weapons? Who cares? They did, and they went to get them. I agree there, too, Doug. other series would have spent half a season on the discovery, backstory, and planning to get the stuff and the things. One guy with one gun guarding all the guns. Mm, yeah, it was kind of questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vent chase sequence was real intense and had the aliens vibe to it. Game over, man. Again, liking the wraparound narratives from multiple perspectives. Still wondering why Carmen stabbed the dude in the neck. She was one badass Z. You could see Rose going off the deep and, and slowly, but surely. Even though Sun's monologue was in Korean, it was was still moving. I wonder what she was actually saying. Uh, episode 8 was a lot like Episode 6, as they did away with how did they and just went with now they are. Lance is a running fool again. I wonder if Rose's daughter was another hallucination. I would peak a season 2, especially at the bravadity of this one. You didn't have to think too hard, especially good for Doug. <laughs> On to Black Mirror. It is going to be a great summer. 
Hell yeah, it is. That's hilarious. See, that's kind of my whole point was you didn't have to think too hard, you know, with this. It's like there wasn't a whole lot of thought, not a whole lot of analysis, didn't have to get too deep with the characters. I didn't have to care too much. Um, so now we'll, of course, switch gears when we go into Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Where we know? have to way, way overthink. Exactly. That's going to see. That's what I needed. I needed this little break here from some of the shows. Um, it's like a little palate you know, cleanser. It is a palate cleanser because now we're going to get into a shitstorm of Black Mirror. Um, great feedback, Doug. I always dig what you say. Love the alien reference. And you got to say, when you give that quote, you go, game over, man. Just like <laughs> <laughs> true aliens. I love it. Thank you, Doug. Um, next one's from Paik Allen. Hey, Paik. Um, he says, well, that was definitely a show that I watched. They did not finish strong. Episode six was completely unnecessary and confusing. So many questions. Too many. And then the last two were better, but honestly, the writing was lazy and simplistic. Zombies run, shoot. It was fun enough to watch as a zombie flick, but nothing special. Aw. Let me know what you think after you listen to us, Paik. Did we change your mind at all or not? Gemma Hall, so the heist confused me a bit. How did Lance end up there? How did Manny know about this place? Why did his girlfriend kill that guy so there was too many zombies? The tunnel was very short. I liked how we could have, couldn't have could see for a while who Rose was falling and the camera was from her point of view. I like that as well, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought she was looking at like fake cutouts for a bit. Yeah. She was brave to follow and the army guys were stupid to turn their back on her. Did she get perfect headshots? Because those two didn't turn. The stadium. I did absolutely love this. It was fast-paced and action everywhere. I didn't know who would make it and who wouldn't. My heart was racing, and I knew the guy with the foot injury, William, sorry, couldn't remember his name, was a goner. Whole thing was very World War Z. Is that stadium going to be safe? It's empty, so it seems, hmm, looking forward to next season. Yeah, if if there is. Yeah, I don't know. It they didn't have they they just held that gate with that shotgun and yeah, if those like that's going to hold very long i mean it gives them a couple minutes but i feel like if those zombies keep banging at that gate and keep pushing and shoving it's going to knock that shotgun right out of there i don't feel it was very tight in there and it made me very nervous which of course i really liked um thanks Gemma. great feedback Next one's from Lindsay Schlicht. Hey, Lindsay. She says, episode six. So was it part of the plan to trade Rose for entrance into the facility? Seems like a huge risk. I agree. That's what I was thinking. Are they trading her off? Like, she's payment? Like, here, you get to have sex with our friend for letting us in. That's what I was getting from it. Oh, it was icky. Anyway, sorry, Lindsay, I totally impeded on your feedback. Um, She says, was it also part of the plan for Carmen to stab that guy? I feel so confused. The scene with zombie Manny chasing Sun uh, through the vents was terrifying. Made me think of Alien. Awesome. Look at all these Alien references. I love you guys so much um she goes on to say episode seven i have no idea what sun was saying in her monologue but she communicated beautifully i agree that actress is amazing so glad rose trusted her instinct the whole time in that hallway i was yelling shoot their asses shoot them (laughs) what's with the random whistling dude i don't know man he's just living his best life that's right he's got his dog he's just living his best life and i'm okay with that i love my dog too you do you boo that's right. That's right. She goes on to say, episode eight. Wow, that was a lot of ammo on one zombie. Does this mean a single headshot won't do it? 
So Carmen turning without even falling down was crazy, but then it seemed like she was running around screaming at people, but not attacking, eating anyone. I don't get it. Poor Lance. All this boy does is run his ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's funny. (laughs) I was pretty shocked when Rose shot William. Reminded me so much of Shane and Otis. Ooh, good one. I don't know about that very last scene, though. Seems pretty cheesy that her daughter would be there and know to come out right then for her mom. Other than that, kind of lame moment. Great series. Seems like we'll definitely be getting a sequel. Maybe poor Lance will still be running. (laughs) I I like the idea that it was another, like, mirage or something. Like, maybe she was starting to turn, and that's what we'll see in season two. Like, she got bit, or she's actually didn't actually make it inside the stadium and she's turning into a zombie. I always kind of like that perspective. Sean, you're getting so dark on me. Look what what all these shows have done to you. (laughs) My, my sick and twisty uh, brain has seeped over into your life. You're getting as, as dark and messed up as I am, but I like it. Um, we got a couple emails too. You want to give, go with that first one there. So our first one says, Rima, Aunt Joe, and Sean. So, sorry I'm late to the party to comment on the show. So, one, every time the black truck was chasing William's son and Barbara, all I could think of was, they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Two, speaking of son, I thought her performance was the best in the show, and the air duct scene, scared shitless, is putting it mild. Mm-hmm. Overall, I really liked it. I appreciate the fast pace and... The Walking Dead, they would have spent three episodes plotting how to infiltrate the army and process how everyone felt about it. But I still love the show, though. Don't get me wrong. I would actually say that they'd probably spend a season and a half. It's possible. Trying to figure out what they'd want to do. They would Mm -hmm. go and talk to said place. Mm -hmm. There'd be a gun under the table that would have nothing to do ever again with the show. It's just there. They're going to disagree with the plan. Someone's going to disagree and get mad about it. Yeah. Rick's going to go crazy, not be crazy, then go back to being crazy. And then we're going to cry because we think he dies, but he doesn't. He actually is going to get three movies. And yeah, not that I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> uh, I like that the audience was given the opportunity to imagine how the characters felt and why versus them telling us. I completely agree there. I like you show, don't tell. Right. Uh, perhaps Rose had a deaf sister who lived across the country, and that's why she was so connected to Ryan. That's I like that hmm. thought. Uh, maybe Lance had a family at one time when he told Barbara that he did. We will never know, and I like the mystery. Thanks for covering this. It was a lot of fun, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. We enjoyed it, so we are glad you did as well. We have another email. Uh, starts off, well, that may have been some of the most stressful hours of TV I've experienced, but I loved it. Kind of new Spears would get found out eventually, but I like that Rose saves his ass. He was the one that saved her after all. The last we saw of Lance, he was running for his life from several zombies. Wouldn't be surprised if he somehow survived it all. She includes a little rolling eyes emoji. I agree um, as well. He's the luckiest guy out there somehow. Poor William. I really liked him and hoped he would make it. So Rose was reunited with her daughter. Yay! But where was everyone? I figured the stadium would have been packed. Even if there were other survivors hiding in the concourse on the other side of the stadium, there couldn't have been that many people there. Not sure if there will be a season two, but I sure hope there is. Thanks as always for covering these shows. I love your podcast and can't wait for the next show. And of course, Stranger Things is almost here. Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for chiming in with us and sticking with us. We appreciate you. 
Okay, we've got a couple voicemails too this week that we always get excited about. The first one that we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Well, hello, Sean and Rima. This is Steve. And uh, so Black Summer 678, uh, that was a TV show. <laughs> um, okay, uh, just start with episode six. Uh, I, I do like episode six. It had me had me guessing, had me confused at the very beginning. Um, but then I, I realized they're going all in on this this storytelling uh, format that they'd established. And I liked it. It was it was good. I think episode six was probably my favorite of the the whole the whole series. Uh, just uh, the, the pacing and the, the going back and forth and everything. They, they did it really well in that episode. Um, episode seven, I thought it was interesting at the very end. They all kind of looked to Rose to lead them out after she killed the soldiers. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just totally bonkers. This show, this show has been the fact that the, the dude who I, did that guy speak at all? The guy with the beard and the mustache and the long hair <laughs> talk at all in any episode. Literally, the only audio we get from this guy is a whistle and he collects his dog and he bounces. I'm out, bitches. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, and then, uh, of course, that that ending. Uh, with uh, her daughter running across the stadium, uh, I, I did. I did say uh, it was one of those things that, as they were getting closer and closer to the stadium, and facing all those those uh, different crossfires of shootings and zombies and things, I did say uh, it's not going to surprise me if the the stadium is empty when they get there. But it wasn't empty completely. So um, uh, that was a show, and uh, I'll be interested to see if there's a season two and uh, what we get. Uh, from a season two or if you guys cover it anyway um can't wait for black mirror and for stranger things season three talk to you later that's great thanks steve you know i i cannot remember exactly what he said but i did read um somewhere i believe that when they first went to the school that guy the the dog whistler guy um said like one word, one or two words there. Um, <laughs> Hurry this way. Yeah, like something like that, like over here or something. I don't know. I think he, he said something, but I don't remember what it was. It was um, pointed out to me. So he managed to say that much anyway. Thanks, Steve, for your voicemail as always. And I'm glad that you enjoyed the show. Um, we have another voicemail from our friend Alex Baelish. Hey, guys. Uh, just wanted to give some feedback to... Uh the Black Summer last three episodes, uh, the heist, the tunnel, and the stadium. I love the, the episode six um, when they were trying to get the weapons. I love the different angles that there are the perspective. They broke it down. You know, if it was Walking Dead, that would have been four different episodes. Instead, they wrapped it up in all one episode, which I thought was, was really nice. And... Um, I loved how Lance kind of showed up again and did his thing. What I also found really a great payoff was how they did all come together. Um, one of the things that I, I found kind of funny was um, in the stadium, not in the stadium, but right when they were going to the stadium, all these people were there and they had all these guns and it was like a bunch of stormtroopers. They couldn't, they couldn't hit... They couldn't hit the uh, the zombies in the head. That being said, those zombies were 
were so aggressive and it, it was scary, suspenseful. Um, didn't like the end. Wish I had a little bit more payoff at the end when the daughter's running and they just go to black because it would have been nice to have a little bit more payoff. But I loved uh, when they got to the stadium, it was all clean and she's looking around and they're all looking around. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Um, you guys did a great job. Just wanted to thank you for, for covering this because I found that it was a, a great show and hopefully there will be a second season and they'll, they'll keep on the journey the way they're doing it. Have a great time and can't wait for strange, stranger things. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, I'm feeling some animosity towards (laughs) The Walking Dead. Um, Just a little. I kind of like the idea of like where where you're talking about getting to the stadium and it's empty. Uh, I really, it's, I guess it's kind of the half glass full in me, but, uh, or half glass empty, the pessimist side of me. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this big thing that like you're running towards, like, oh my God, this is the goal. This is what we have to do. We'll live and it'll all be, you know, sunshines and rainbows after that. And you get there and you're like, well, that didn't work and we're fucked. Yeah. I kind of. I'm kind of glad I was okay with where they ended it, where it just kind of went to black. You didn't see them embrace. You didn't, you felt it. I mean, you could look at it either way. If you wanted to be kind of like, Oh, well we, we don't know. Was she really hallucinating? Was this really happening? Um, Or you could look at it. Her and her daughter were finally reunited. Did we really need to see them embrace? Um, You know, I felt like it still kind of left it like you can kind of determine how it ended on your own. Um, So unless there's a season two or something that continues on with the story and who, you know, what really happened, you know, you can just kind of leave that. And I think that's okay. I think it's kind of fine when it's up to your interpretation, if, you know, depending on how you want to look at things um, in a positive or uh, more cynical type view. But I like that. Thanks, Alex, for that great voicemail. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for everyone. We had a lot of great feedback and interaction and lots of great opinions on this show um, and and just a lot of reaction to it. And I want to thank everyone uh, for being with us while we covered Black Summer and we hope to see you for the next. So, Sean, why don't we get to that part? Yeah, so next (laughs) week we'll be covering the first episode from Season 5 of Black Mirror. This episode is titled Smithereens. So the description for this episode is a cab driver with an agenda becomes the center of attention on a day that rapidly spins out of control. I cannot wait. We have been talking. Oh my gosh, we've been talking about Black Mirror for so long and we got Bandersnatch. Um, I know I can't. <laughs> God, we're 12. <laughs> um, but you know, we had that and I think that kind of held us over for a little bit, you know, Scratched um, that itch a little bit. Yeah. yeah I kind of was like, okay, okay. This will hold me over. Um, but now we have it and, and look guys, it's only three episodes. That is all we're asking from you. That is all Charlie Booker and Annabelle are asking from you are three episodes for season five. Bandersnatch is, t- I think technically kind of it's supposed to be like season five, presents, yeah. but it's kind of like it's also standalone. So it's however you want to kind of look at it. But three episodes, people, um, that's all we're asking. And I feel 
I bet they knocked it out of the park with this because oh, yeah. season four oh, was so some good. Great cast in this too, like uh, Anthony. What's his name? Um, Anthony Mackie. Yeah, oh, Topher Grace. So good. And look, you know what? I know my. There was people that were like. Uh, clutching their pearls when they heard Miley Cyrus was cast um, in Black Mirror. But you know what, folks? I'm going to say let's give her a chance. Um, I'm not, I won't say I'm like the biggest Miley Cyrus fan in the world, but I feel like she's been through some shit now. She's kind of grown up and I feel like she's maybe gotten a little bit of depth to her that she can play this interesting character. Um, And I don't know a lot about her character. I'm just saying let's just give her a shot because I'm willing too i mean she was an actress really before she was a big singer like hannah yeah. montana was kind of the thing before she was this pop madonna exactly looking panda bear icon or whatever it is she is now yeah so i'm you know i'm willing to have an open mind um and i'm waiting to just judge it until it happens so i'm super excited um Well, we're both really excited, really, for you to travel with us to the stadium for the zombie outbreak updates. Follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed and all the other great podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcasts. While we're speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Oh, yeah. We've got a big draft. It's our Man Cave draft coming out Sunday. So if you're curious what Richard and I would have sitting on our shelves in our Man Cave, check that episode out. I want to check that out. Uh, that sounds like a really interesting episode and would probably give us some really great insight yeah. if, into you and Richard. So I highly advise everyone to check that out. That's awesome. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 88, Heist, the Tunnel, and the Stadium. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Alex Baelish is strange indeed. <laughs>